I can only imagine how the golf courses are here. Dude, they're super nice. You guys just look massive, and then I'm like even smaller than a child. <laughs> it's part Sorry, of the look. You got a big heart, dude. Yeah, it's part, of, it's part of the look. Listen, <laughs> people got a big heart. Take one. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Exercise by day, podcast by night, all day. Chogan podcast all day. We're not going to make one with our eyes. Like, yeah, yeah. One of us, yeah it's like, a little sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking like for our picture, it could just be three of us just like chummy. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. 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 Be, like, yeah, like normal humans. Yeah. Humans. yeah. yeah. I'll be yeah. cool with that. All right, gents. It is 7.42 p.m. on a Wednesday night here at Seminary. And yes. three, two, I got the arm mark here, too. All right. Here we go. And we're live. Okay. What's up, world? My name is Cole. We got Andrew Laubacher right here. What up? up? We got Jimmy. What's up, guys? And this is the Seminarian Podcast. Yeah. One of one. And let's go ahead and start in a prayer. Let's do it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift of this day, God. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for the gift of technology and podcasts and that we are able as seminarians to share your word, share experiences, share a vocation that you have called us into. In this podcast today, as we talk about celibacy, we pray that you help us enlighten the minds of others, give them a, a hint and a just insight in what a discerning seminarian goes through in terms of discerning celibacy. And we pray that you give us wisdom, courage, humility, and joy as we spend this time with you and just discussing. Mary, we ask for your very powerful intercession as we pray. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace the, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, so, Jimmy, Alob and I were at the student kitchen about two weeks ago. We were. And I opened the door, and Alob just finished cooking in his bowl straight ground meat beef baby beef yeah and there was no 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 carbon <laughs> it it was just totally beef <laughs> uh, i and, killed uh, the fat calf there was no what in it no carbs. there was no carbs there was well, just no carbs. a bowl just of ground meat it was just meat. jimmy knows what's up bloody yeah. meat. he did the same bloody thing <laughs> you know jose has a thing of ground meat in there too yeah, well, I saw it's, that. it's catching fire, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just ground, just ground meat. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's losing. <laughs> he's lost 15 pounds now, dude. Are you serious? Yeah, I just told We're him. With Pacheco, right? Lost yeah, I told him yeah. to cut out just some certain foods, and yeah. he's like lost 15 pounds. Dude, that's lit. Yeah, pounds. it's nuts. Yeah. Wow, crazy. And we just were like, what should we talk about our podcast? And celibacy came up. Hmm. And I think it's super something. For me, and I'm sure for you guys, that's one yeah. of the first questions that gets asked in terms of, wow, you're going to seminary? Like, are you sure you want to get married? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Do you oh, know yeah. What you're losing? Yeah. 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 So we'll go ahead and talk about that today. And let's get right into it. Pretty much, let's, let's start off with Alob. 
why celibacy? Yeah, I think my journey of discovering the church's teaching on celibacy, um, it's kind of a long story, so I'll make it kind of short and sweet here. I lived a secular party lifestyle in high school where I got inundated really quickly with the truth. I thought that, you know, having sex with as many women as possible and doing everything sexually you can with a girl was like the goal. You know, every weekend, that's the goal. You get into the locker room and you get to say what you did with that girl. You know, like that was the goal. And obviously, I'm like a little dude, as you can tell from this body that God gave me. And, uh, you know, when I was a freshman <laughs> in high school, you got a big heart. It was, yeah, I got a big heart. <laughs> I got a really big heart. You know, I wasn't like getting all the chicks in, in, initially, you know, but I was in the popular crowd where all that was happening. Guys are already having sex, which, you know, at like 14, like multiple girls. And it's just, it's kind of gross to like think about, you know, we were so young, but felt like we were old and mature enough to enter into like, you know, sex with, with, you know, a woman. And so I got really persuaded that that was what happiness is. That's where freedom is. My friends started showing me porn at 14 years old. So like heavy duty, like hardcore porn, you know? And, um, so my high school experience is really just like a lot of lust, you know, a lot of hooking up. Um, and I was really inundated with that ideology of sexual freedom and liberation and, I ended up having my conversion at um, 19 um, after high school at a, at a conference. You know, I kind of hit my low, got caught by the cops, had to go to court. Um, yeah, I had a retreat, encountered Jesus. And I think my initial like understanding of celibacy was really um, minimal. Like I just all of a sudden knew that now there was a sexual kind of order that was needed and morality. And it was really difficult. Like I made mistakes, you know, after with girls, um, after my conversion. But this time was different. Like I ran to confession, which I wasn't doing before. You literally ran? I ran. I was booking it, dude. <laughs> I, you know, it's like I knew what I did was wrong. And I put myself in those situations to fall to sin with women, you know. Um, the whole miracle of all this is that I, you know, I never had sexual intercourse. So um, it was like everything else. And, and still I knew after... My conversion like that was off that was disordered and i went to confession and kept you know trying to start new and yeah purity has been a battle for me the last whatever 15 years you know since high school um but my kind of journey i guess to to sum it up has been one that i'm i'm constantly discovering more and more of the beauty of celibacy and really of chastity i'd say celibacy is a new thing for me of learning what that really means but chastity, I've discovered more than more that it really actually does fulfill um, the longing of the human desire for real intimacy with God. Chastity. Chastity. Like it actually is very freeing. And I started to experience more and more like less drama, you know, less fear of like, is that person have an STD or did they get pregnant or, you know, all those things like this, just <laughs> the disorder. The yeah. The disorder <laughs> of when we don't you know, live actually God's law, it, it really is stressful. So I think it's been a, a long journey of healing. It's still happening. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Celibacy for me is really a new topic. I just read a couple books on it and that kind of opened up the, the beauty and um, the intimacy with God that celibacy is calling for. So yeah, that's a little bit of my experience. What books have you read? Uh, it was Contula Mesa's... Um, on virginity and then how we love by 
priest who's also a clinical psychologist. Uh, I can't think of his name. Super eye-opening. Really powerful. Um, so those two have been really good so far. I have a couple more on the list, you know. So I'm really trying to, like, obviously this is my first year in seminary. Like, these are questions I'm thinking about pretty regularly outside of free will and determinism and is everything just an illusion, you know. But uh, outside of that, um, yeah, I really want to, like, study up on this stuff because I think the more you come to know what the church, you know, intends for uh, celibacy, the more I think that longing to say yes will will be stirred up, you know. So I'm in that very beginning stage still of, I've lived out chastity. I haven't done it perfectly whatsoever, but I have experienced that chastity is really freeing and there is joy in the battle um, and in the struggle. And I've been to confession thousands of times for, you know, yeah. lust and things of that nature. So I know the battle, but I also know what freedom feels like and it's amazing. And mm. I think that's something that the world doesn't really want to talk about much is like, actually there's a lot of freedom that comes from sexually orientating our ourselves to what is good and true and beautiful you know so that's kind of been my experience yeah what did you like from the books that you read so far oh for the sake of the kingdom i think is a theme that is maybe theological that Contemesa brings up and it's not just for us to be more available because we're celibate people are like oh priests are celibate so they can be more available it's like no that's like very surface level like the deep the deep, you know, aspect of, of being a celibate for the sake of the kingdom is to be intimate with the Lord. So I think really um, the capacity to be more intimate with God and that time that you're able to spend with him, that's kind of been really cool. And then in the book, uh, How We Love, uh, the priest kind of brings up a lot of different ways to help um, order our sexuality, which no one talks about, you know. He, he goes through the stages of, of um, attraction, which, you know, I've realized is you don't just like fall to that sin. Like there is there is follow up. There is thoughts. There are, you know, stages of attraction that you can kind of cut a thing off before it gets to um, a certain point. So there's some really good stuff there. Emotional intelligence is huge. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, maturity in our, uh, you know, sexual integration and and how do we achieve that he goes through a long list of stuff but just yeah he's getting really into the tough questions that no one wants to talk about you know so i like those questions and i'm not afraid of them um so yeah like celibacy for the sake of the kingdom and then i think learning more the levels of attraction and knowing like how to actually order our thought life um for me lust is just was just i was just so bombarded with that for since i was 14 you know mm. So learning how to actually order my thought life and how scriptural it is. St. Paul says to take every thought captive unto the Lord. We have to renew our minds, you know, and there's this Holy Spirit regeneration that is really amazing. And I think I'm experiencing now, you know, like during seminary, which has been kind of cool, like a deeper renewal of, of, of freedom. But um, it's the boy St. Paul right there. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah, all about that. Yeah. Chastity, I think I've been to like 6 million chastity talks, you know, on the road, playing events. I can't tell you how many chastity talks I've sat through. And honestly, like Christopher West, Jason Everett, Jackie Francois, all my friends that do this and preach about chastity, like, I love it. It makes a lot of sense to me. I haven't heard much on celibacy. 
and I don't know if we do a good job in the church sharing that to lay people. Um, and young people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is a good this is a good start because it's been really powerful entering into these questions. You know, God, is this what you're calling me to? Like, this is tough. You know, like, what's the truth about this? You know. Yeah. Touching on what you said about uh, kind of like the like sexual understanding understanding that like the sexual mindset. Hmm. Something that I was discussing last year with now Deacon David Allen. He was saying somebody had said like everything we do as men and women is a sexual act, and that's no, that's that's wrong. You know, that's not how to define it. Hmm. He said that what we do for men as men, we add our masculinity to it, or our masculinity is present in it. So when Alob is dominating at ping pong <laughs> hopefully you win that tournament yeah <laughs> when alob yeah when alob is uh is going there you know he's doing his backhands his forehands you know and just uh hitting that ping pong ball there's a there's a kind of a cool you're masculine in that you know that's kind of mm. cool same thing with a girl who's what is she doing she is um singing okay when she sings there's a feminine aspect that only she can offer to her voice hmm. and naturally as god oriented it oriented it the masculine is attracted mm -hmm. to the feminine feminine mm -hmm. and the feminine is attracted to the masculine hmm. but unfortunately we have concupiscence where we take that attraction that perfectly normal healthy attraction and we kind of use it to see how it would gratify our yeah, own desires it. yeah and that's where we can stop attraction as priests and as um, as lay people can mm -hmm. in the sense that we have that attraction. It's okay to be attracted, but we stop it where, you know, it's like we probably shouldn't hug in this tender moment where you're crying because feelings can arise and that mm -hmm. those would naturally arise. So, you know, here you're crying and I'm going to console you. I'll give you a tissue or something to dry your tears. But that's the most we could do as priests prudently. Mm -hmm because if we were to console them in a you know physical manner they would associate that physical and then that's where it could develop hmm. so yeah. office hours boys office stay behind hours. your desk <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yes, yeah yes. um so jimmy you really got yeah so i think for myself there's different points that you hit that i think my experience has been very very much similar um i think one of the first ones that comes to mind is when you were talking about the high school experience um for myself i had my conversion when i was like 15 years old hmm. so for me it was like when i was a sophomore in high school so there was a dichotomy between and nobody was telling me about this stuff man like you have sex education when you're in high school yeah, it's so and by up. done by planned parenthood yeah and they're telling you it's like it's done by planned parenthood yeah but i had no idea i was a yeah. freshman in high school wasn't yeah. that aware about what organizations yeah. were pro or mm -hmm. uh, against the catholic church but during that time that's the education that i had you know and um, and the way that my parents had their view was very different. So it was kind of like this dichotomy was like between the two, you know, about hmm. what sex was and what was permissible, was not permissible. Uh, couple that again with like a lot of the men, I think growing up, like we look towards like what does popular culture offer, you know, our view of what sexuality should be. I I am very much uh, growing up. I was very much into like the hip hop movement. Um, and growing up with like all the different artists out there, man. Yeah, he knows. He knows. 
And uh, you have a lot of these figures that rappers that are like very much like the people we look up to as like these are like the men that we, like I think we seek to want to like be like you know in a certain yeah, way. Isn't that isn't that crazy? Um, it is, it is, and it's very common. Like your friends will be also watching the same things, and mm-hmm. we'll be talking about the same shows. Um, and so for us, like it was the ideal was to be like them. So let's let's try to find ways to make money. Let's try to make. Uh, parties happen, you know, in high school. Let's try to uh, sleep with as much, as much women as possible. Um, you know, brag about it before a soccer game, you know. Oh, yeah. A soccer game. <laughs> uh, well, you know, and and if you weren't doing the things that they were doing, then you were automatically an outcast. And I remember, for me, that was the hardest thing, I think, about wanting to become, uh, like, a full-on Catholic. Hmm. holding me back, I think, was, like, the social aspect of it. Not so much the beliefs after, because there's so much knowledge out there to read that apologetics, all that, you know, is written out for you. So you can convert right away on on the ideological side of things. But the social aspect, it's kind of hard in high school. Um, mm-hmm. And I went through public school my whole life, so I didn't grow up in a Catholic school. I don't know how different it is in Catholic schools, but... It's it's tough because you because I decided not to join in, you know, in the things that they were joining in. Because at that point, you know, very early in the faith, I was like, if I get struck down by God with lightning, you know, I was reading about Old Testament God, you know, and I was like, if I get struck down, man, or I get sent to hell, like, like I don't want that, you know. Yeah. And so for me, it was kind of hard to own up. To, it took years. Like mm. it took uh, having to eventually join like a youth group back in mm. my church. Um, making that support group of people my age who were also into the faith um, with other guys who were also of the same mindset made it a lot easier to to live up to that life of chastity. Um, but it didn't happen overnight. I think that's one of the biggest points that I'm trying to make is that it took a while to, to, to change that mindset. Um, over the years, though, I think for me, Growing up and seeing um, how other seminarians, there was two other seminarians in my parish at the time when I was in the youth group. And I was like, how do these guys come to want to be priests? Like, that's weird. You know, they are not going to be <laughs> yeah. married. Do they know that they're never going to have sex? They're never going to be able to, like, uh, date again. They're going to be alone. Like, why would you want to do that? Um, but these guys were like 20 something. So it kind of stoked my my interest as to like, why are these guys interested in doing what they're doing? You know, mm. it sounds cool. Like in the books, you know, lives of the saints. It sounds cool to be able to live that life. But when I look at it, like, <laughs> I'm just like, do I want to be like these rappers here? Like live this life? Is he's pretty happy? Or do I want to like live a life of like uh, being alone and, and <laughs> not doing what you want to do all the time? And like, yeah, you know, that's my mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got notorious yeah. B.I.G. Yeah, yeah. and St. Oh. Teresa Lassoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, like the twos into the outside of dichotomy. It is. Oh, and, and in addition to that, like, you go back home and. My older brother was like he's he hadn't converted he hadn't come mm. to like uh to more be more into the faith so even having conversations with him about like the way I was thinking the way I was mm. following the church was like very foreign to to him as well um so so it wasn't until I had conversations with these guys because they would join us on like our trips to we would have retreats like at Six Flags you guys have heard like on fire events mm-hmm. uh, yeah. down here yeah we'd go to those. 
and they would join us for those and having conversations with them um and then leading me into like different books to read um i realized like wow they like a lot of the shows i think that we've seen um they've actually had dates you know they've dated in the past they've had attractions they still deal with attractions even when they're uh they're seminarians you know it doesn't just go away from one moment to another um but what captivated me most was just that sense of like how in love they were with the with god Hmm. number one was like how in love they were with god and number two how much they were willing to sacrifice this aspect of themselves in order to serve and that that sense of like sacrifice of giving of Hmm. of wanting to uh to protect god's people Hmm. so for me i was just like whoa like that's pretty radical, especially at my age, like all the things I was coming from, you know? Um, and I thought to myself, you know what? Like I want to learn more about this. And, and surely, you know, I started reading more different books, you know? Um, I think for me, one of the top ones though was learning about, and I know it's probably like mainstream, but, um, JP two's, uh, theology of the body. was one of like the hugest ones for me personally, and still is today. Um, about learning what it means to to live as a celibate um what is true about being in love with with within our sexuality you know but also being in love with god how does that how is that celibacy turned into like a larger love for other people and you know self-gift um and so slowly, I think for me, celibacy has has not been something where right away, you know, it's been easy. Um, I've had my pitfalls for a while, too. When I was in high school, I had friends when you know, I went to their houses and they got me into pornography as well. So that was a struggle for me for a while too. dealt with that for a few years. Um, and thanks be to God, you know, this is something that I've healed from, you know, but it's it's something that I learned it until like last year. I was talking to Father Elred before candidacy. Um, candidacy, man, like that was like a turning point because mm. you get this talk. You will have the talk eventually, yeah. but it's the talk. Yeah, um, Tom yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's like <laughs> the talk is just like your dad. Talk. It's yeah. the talk. You know what, reader? Marker, yeah. re- it's yeah. like your dad. Yeah, your yeah. new yeah. father. Like it doesn't compare it to like the one we had like this year, right? Yeah. The reader no. one. No. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that was like we didn't even talk. have a reader. Oh, we did have a reader talk, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Zoom. see, but I mean, Zoom. it wasn't even like as yeah. memorable, right? Like yeah. it was. It was just another, yeah, yeah it was yeah. another level. But for me, it was just like, okay, now I'm committing. So now there's a part of me, and again, there it may be different for other people. For me, it was like there's this side of me that's gonna die. It's true. Like <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's a heavy. cross. And Father Albert put it me to put it to me mm. this way. You're going to have attraction still like when you're out in summer, when you're out at uh, your internship year, when you're a priest. But each day you have to recommit back into the commitment you made. Hmm. And it's a thing you do each morning. It's a thing that you don't uh, you don't just do from one day to the next and say, like, Hmm. forever now, I'm never going to have attractions again. Um, It's a thing you keep practicing each and every day. And I found that to be true for myself. Hmm. when I was back in summer, like there was different women that I was attracted to. There's different, uh, I think relationships that, that I had to put like a boundary, you know, because I knew that I couldn't go any further. There's moments when I do want to, like there's moments in my mind where I'm just like, dang, if I wasn't doing this, I wonder where I would be. I wonder where things would go. Um, there's other friends that I have that I keep in contact with. But again, I have to keep establishing that boundary, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's like through text messages or phone calls. 
I have to keep reestablishing like those those boundaries. And for me, it's just been a constant exercise. Um, spiritually, for me, uh, I think the reminder for me has been like the 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 missionary attitude of just like being able to like be available for everyone. That's been for me a reminder in my my sense of ministry. It's been for me like I see the amount of people need that people need God present in their lives. A lot of people forget about God out in the world like we have it so easy here we see you know statues prayer everywhere you know all the time out there though a lot of people forget about it and it's it's i think it's very very much god's grace when we're there to be able to bring the sacraments to other people because people do tend to forget easily um so for me that's like constantly be a motivation for myself to keep giving myself to this even though there's a part of me that's dying you know um so that's my little spiel for (laughs) celibacy man yeah it's good it's cool that you bring up JP2 because yeah. just looking at JP2 on paper, he was a celibate single man, quote unquote, that was a very young priest, lived a full life. He was an actor. He was a skier. He was a priest, bishop, archbishop, cardinal, yeah. pope. Sometimes snuck out of the Vatican to go skiing. Yeah. That's freaking dope. Was a climber. Like there's a picture of him. It's awesome. It's like black and white. He's in a camp. He has uh he's wearing like probably like brown slacks rolled up to like his calves. Yeah. White shirt buttoned down, rolled up to his like Yeah, elbow. I think I know that picture, yeah. And yeah. he's lounging straight up on his like just super relaxed, just kind of like this pose right here and just like chilling. Yeah. <laughs> there's another one, I think it's the same camping trip. He has his breviary in his hand. Hmm sunglasses just looking out just enjoying camping you know and i bring up jp too because he was a single celibate priest that taught the world and especially us catholics about what it means the conjugal union between man and woman Hmm. the reason for our bodies why god created us like this yeah so as a priest you could totally understand marriage you won't experience it and but you have a great understanding of it and that's something cool that we hopefully god willing get the journey to experience with people from the other side yeah yeah definitely yeah he's a celibate dude that like knows more about sex than people who have a lot of sex yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. it's crazy it's i think jason every kind of like talks like this but he's like you know people really don't talk about sex that much like, they don't talk about what it is. They talk about yeah. sex a lot, but they don't talk about what sex is. You know, what is that union? What is it for? What is its end? What's its telos? You know, it's, we don't have really, we've lost that Aristotelian, like, you know, final cause and end of what a, you know, a, a person is for or, you know, what this act is intended for. And when you take it outside of what it's intended for, that's when it just gets really distorted and yeah, I remember reading Love and Responsibility and going through JP2 stuff at Franciscan. And I mean, it it's powerful. I, I need to revisit all the celibacy stuff because yeah. I wasn't really looking at that We're then. Too much attention to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I yeah. need to I need to read more of that. But it is amazing, you know, a man of that like intellectual capacity that he could speak to really the depths of you know conjugal love and and celibacy and and how they're both part of god's plan you know like we can't be celibate unless there's married people you know and married people can't be married people unless they're celibates you know we 
we really do encourage one another. We compliment one another in our vocations. And it really is beautiful, you know? Um, but yeah, JP2 is a boss. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. His yeah. theology of the body is just so rich, you know? There is that, yeah. Tommy was telling me that he was inspired to write Love and Responsibility because as a young priest, he was madly in love with a woman. Hmm. And I did not know that. Whoa. I have to fact check this, Jimmy. No, fact check. <laughs> yeah, fact check. Fact uh, check. We'll double check with Tommy too. But he was so madly in love with her, but he was faithful to his calling as a vocation as a priest. And she Dang. ended up getting married, you know, going off. And I don't believe that they fell into sin. And yeah. it was that his desire, that desire he took in the proper context and he filtered it and he was able to channel it into such a great work, love mm, and responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Uh, what is what is your story, Cole? So I want to just start off by saying that I am in no way better than any of you, not better than any of you. No way. I, I really like to emphasize that because it's true. And my life is not perfect. I have stuff that I struggle with in my life. And, you know, it's just I live a human life. And that's how it is. And I say all this because I would like to say that four years in seminary now, I'm 25, Jimmy's 23, You've been here four years? Oh, four you started years. PT1. PT1, so dude. Your shoes. Yeah. You've been in four years, too? I've been for two years. For two years. Oh, two years in Mount Angel. Oh, yeah. 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 Dang. So, yeah, just quick, crazy. quick rundown. A-Lob is in pre-theology one. Two. two. Oh, two. Oh, shit. Yeah, bro. Come yeah. on. <laughs> PT2. Uh, PT2. Yeah, PT2. And next year, he would be in theology, entering theology. Jimmy is in, he's my classmate. We're yes. in theology two together. Theology two, yeah. And uh, we would go on internship next year. And then theology four deacons, yes, God willing. And then um, it's coming up priests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more I think about all this Selby yeah. stuff, you know, and there's people like six, like someone the other day at the church was like, oh, we're so happy for you. You're in seminary. Is it like two years? You know, I was like, it's about six. You know, yeah. like, oh, God, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, dude, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. Really six years is like, it's, it's seeming shorter and shorter. Yeah. It goes by quick. And I'm already and like you're four like, months in, you know, it's like, you have midterms right now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always yeah. the talk I think that I've had with like the, you know, because I've out in Oregon back in Fresno. And yeah, yeah, here, yeah. But Even barbers have always switched up, man. Like I go to the barbers, so yeah. then they'll ask me though the same question, like, uh, you're, "What are you doing out here, man? Right. Uh, I'm studying your religious studies for yeah. what, man? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna work at a church. What do you do in the church? Uh, priest. The priest. Yeah. yeah. Then it delves into that topic again. Yeah. Man. It's like how many years? Oh, you know, six years. It's like you should be a doctor by then. It's like, yeah, yeah I know. Doctor of souls, man. We're a doctor of souls. Yeah, doctor of souls. Yeah. 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 Sorry, finish what you're saying. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, being in seminary, I could say that four years after discerning, I am completely. My life is completely fulfilled. I am totally happy. I'm joyful, and yeah, discerning celibacy. If father was to ask us we would need you to be ordained tomorrow are you ready i can perfectly say with a clear conscience i am ready i'm ready to embrace celibacy a life of prayer yeah. and be obedient to my bishop and it's been four years you know and it's a huge it's a huge relief a huge breather to actually be able to be there with my prayer life hmm. and 
in addressing all of our audience right now, I would like to, to bring up how us studying as celibate, as chaste seminarians discerning celibacy, and God willing, as hopefully priests in the near future, that <laughs> we can strongly relate to all you single people out there and all you people in religious life, and especially those in who claim and identify themselves as LGBTQ in the sense that we are, we are men who have attractions to women. And we are called to love mm -hmm. both men and women with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Obviously with the Lord first and foremost. But we are called to love everybody in this deep manner. I love my brother seminarians. I love women in my life. Mm. Yet we are called to not express it sexually. We're called to express it in every other way possible. And looking at the story of Jesus and Mary and the Holy Family, those three people were the holiest people on earth. And none of them expressed their love for each other and their love for the world hmm. in a sexual manner. Hmm. Jesus expressed it on the cross when he reached out his arms. Mm -hmm. Mary expressed it when she was united to her son on the cross when he was in his suffering. And Joseph expressed that in his marriage to Mary. And I was reading, uh, we are reading for one of our classes, Christology, The Greatest Story Ever Told. You're reading a different book, I believe. Yeah, The Lord, yeah. Okay, what was it called? Romano Guardini, The Lord. The Lord, Romano yeah. Guardini, check that it dude's out. dude's a boss. Check yeah, it out, man. Guardini. He's a boss, yeah. Hollick loves him. Oh, he does? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's crazy, man. And I was thinking how it just puts Mary, like, super beautiful woman, blue eyes, she walked with grace. And I was thinking how Joseph was married to her. And it got me thinking on how if Mary was my wife, I would have to step it up so much. Like, I had to be on point. Oh, yeah. And as priests, we're called to have the church as our bride. You know, yeah. Christ is the bridegroom. We are the church is the bride. And as priests, we assume that role. And, yeah, we're called to express that love such deep love for everybody in our life in a deeper manner that transcends physical touch. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are experiencing same-sex attractions, I cannot speak on why you experience those. And I can't relate to you in that way, but we could relate to you as men who experience attractions to both uh, in terms of we would, we're attracted to women and yet we love in such a deep manner that we don't have to express sexually. Hmm. And we're just called to live like Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit of what I've gone through. And, yeah, I was thinking that you'll be going through candidacy next year, A-Lob. And that is your engagement hmm. to the church. Because you have you are publicly declaring before a bishop and before the church that you are here t on your own free will hmm. to take seriously the discernment of celibacy, obedience, and prayer. Yeah, that's cool. And there are expectations had of you. Hmm. You are not in. You are not um, 
taking on the rights or privileges of clerics, but you are at the same time saying, I'm serious about this and I vow this. So that's pretty cool. You got a year. Yeah, (laughs) cool. Yeah, I'm not in, you know, and I think just being real, like I'm not in that place where I'm like, yeah, this is this is it called to be celibate the rest of my life. You know, I I think I came, I think God called me into seminary for a reason. And I think I'm just discovering that, you know, it's like, I think a lot of people struggle with their vocation and what they're called to. And it just causes a lot of stress. And I'm 30. I look like I'm 12, but I am 30 years old. And um, yeah, like I've been in a real, um, you know, kind of, it feels like drawn out, like question mark of my vocation. Like all my friends are married with multiple children. I have other friends that are already in their vocation of, um, you know, the priesthood or religious life. And so I know there's people, yeah, maybe watching or eventually that will watch us. We'll have millions of viewers because we're talking about sex and (laughs) we're celibate. So that's going to get a crowd, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, like I am, I am, I feel like God brought me here to discern this, you know, I'm not at the place where I'm, yeah, if it was tomorrow, I still have a question mark, you know. So, but I think the whole, the whole, I don't know, goal of seminary life and even discerning a vocation to marriage is like, what is the best way that I can give my life away? You know, really? And I think it is easy for me to, to get caught up in the like, okay, there's going to be times of loneliness. I know what that's like on the road traveling. I've, I've faced loneliness, I think more than most people, um, and I've made poor decisions in that realm, you know, either turning to social media or beer or TV and not really entering into lo- the loneliness. And then other times, like my, my hotel room has turned into an adoration chapel and I've just had really intimate times with God, you know, but it's been really kind of up and down. But yeah, at least I would just kind of express to people who are in a place where they don't know, like I know what that's like, I'm in that, but I'm in seminary to take that next step to discern like lord is this what you know you're calling me to like i want to give my life away um i think i've just seen and obviously the world has seen the damage that a priest can do and i want to really make sure that this is you know what god's calling me to obviously at the end of the day whether you're getting married to a woman uh or entering celibacy you are entering into a mystery and you're not going to have all the answers right so I'm not looking for 100% certainty because no one's ever had that in marriage. And I don't think anyone's necessarily had 100%. Maybe, maybe you, yeah, maybe you do. But I don't, but I don't know. I feel like there is this like leap of faith, you know? So, yeah, I think as obviously the time goes on and, uh, you know, continue to pray and discern if this is what God's calling me to. I know at this point in my life that God does hear us. And he does reveal his plan for us. Um, it has felt very mysterious to me a lot of the time. And like, God, just tell me, bro. Like, I would love to have the certainty you have. I'm just honest. I, I have, don't, you know. I have to say, last year, Theo 1, PT2, I was in the chapel. And in my heart, I was almost screaming to God, like, what mm. do you want from me? Yeah, it's real, dude. What do you want? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I have to say that. Yeah, it did, I did not wake up one day. Right. Yeah, I, right. I, we go through the struggle. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, I'm in that initial wrestling match yeah. with God right now. Keep going, dude. Dude, dude, going. dude he always yeah, beats yeah. me up and he always wins, you know. It's actually why I'm here. It's like over quarantine, I was really, the priesthood just was, I mean, the last year has been really on my heart, you know. Um, but yeah, I've been, I really have that natural attraction to marry a woman and have children, you know, like that's still there. Um, but over quarantine, you know, I was wrestling with God like every day, like, should I enter? Seminary should or not, and it literally it was a day, every day it was just a battle every single day. And then I was playing basketball with my cousins, and um, we weren't social distancing at the time, but it was okay. You know, we were just we were just balling up, just three of us. And I came down on someone's ankle and like severely sprained. Oh, they thought I fractured man. my foot. So all of a sudden, you know, I was laying down for six weeks, just sitting down. And I was just searching, you know, God had my attention at that point because I was wrestling. And then I was like, oh, you know who else like wrestled with God <laughs> and broke his hip? And then, you know, he, yeah, <laughs> you know, he was wrestling with God, broke his hip, you know, and I, like, I was wrestling with God. He, My foot pretty much broke. And that's actually one that, that six weeks, like I was reading Fulton Sheen, Bishop Barron preached one homily that just inflamed my heart for the, you know, the priesthood and to preach the word of God. Um, a couple other saints accompanied me, you know, but, um, yeah, I'd say I'm still in that wrestling match, you know, and I'm not here to try and pretend that I'm not. So yeah, I, I, I totally, um, I'm kind of excited, you know, I think in changing the, the perspective, which before was like all through my twenties, you know, it's like, God, why am I not married? Why am I not in the seminary? You know, why am I not? Well, like I see God's plan now yeah. and I see what he's allowed me to go through and I see what he's allowed me to learn. All this just, you know, the beautiful truth of our faith from so many rational, scientific, philosophical, theological, so many different avenues that are kind of like they're putting together the pieces, you know, and I'm starting to see those pieces come together. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of excited to in the in the battle and i would just yeah encourage people to listening like i think if i i would always regret not entering into this wrestling match with god it, you know i'd always regret that you're always going to regret the what ifs in life so this is something that you know for me i'm going to discover that i am called to celibacy i'm called to be celibate. this is how i'm going to express my love or or i'm not and i can still be a saint you know so Either way, at the end of the day, I don't know who said it, but the greatest tragedy in, in life is to not become a saint. You know, it's like, dude, I want to be a saint. I'm here in seminary because I want to be a saint. I, I uh, yeah, that's like why I'm a, a Christian. I want to be fully alive in Christ. And I'm, you know, in that in that wrestling match right now, yeah, you know. Yeah. I think there's a whole lot of, of uh, well, I think the aspect that you bring up too is like just the battle with, I think with the devil a lot of times too in this process i don't think that gets brought up enough mm -hmm. too. uh i think there's a there's a, there's a whole yeah. spiritual realm yeah evil's real um if you're gonna do a lot of good like there's gonna be a lot of of evil you know trying to prevent that yeah dang um that's not truth. that i'm saying you know that everybody that goes through that or finds out yeah, yeah. follows because you know the, the devil you know yeah right, away. right but um but there is that whole spiritual aspect um and and I think that's why in the seminary we do put a lot of emphasis on on the prayer aspect, um, why it takes so long. You know the process takes about six years, 
um, for so long, you know, that's, that's why, you know, because we have to discern, you know, it's at times it really is the enemy that's pushing us to not, to not be in the seminary. Um, so there's that aspect as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for myself, I have, I think I've just found a lot of times that there's, there's a lot of fear or uncertainty of the future. Like, especially with like the latest like cases or scandals, there's always that thought Bro, of like, what same. if I'm the one that falls into, you know, something like that. Um, which for me, I've, I've just learned just to like, um, control that tendency to think about the future. Cause it yeah, dude, even it exists, you know? sucks out the joy um, of the present. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm yeah. doing the same thing. I'm getting because oh, a lot of these yeah. dude. There's a bad one that just came out. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about the one in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I have not. Oh, the priest that had sex on the altar. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I'm familiar it, with that. Yeah. yeah. So those yeah. are tough, man. It's like yeah. that's scary to think that you know if you were these guys are capable of yeah. something like that. So I get what you. I I am. I experienced the same thing. But I think for all those listening, like it's not so much the case that 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 will happen like that's not yeah. the norm um this process is here there's a lot of a lot of there's a lot of people that we see before we're ordained there's a lot of checks and balances just to get into seminary that happened yeah even before and during the process um to prevent things like that happening um so so there is a lot of a lot of uh a lot of things that to prevent that from happening and there's a lot of thought put in you know nowadays to into this whole whole process you know I don't know what the case was for that, but yeah, I didn't look into it. You know, um, yeah, we we had a speaker that came, and his joke was, he would when people seminarians or priests were having issues, he'd be like, "Okay, what's her name, and when did you stop praying?" Ooh, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> wow, you got down to a T, you know? Yeah, and that is so true. Mm. I can guarantee you that that priest. Has not been to confession in a long time. Yeah, mm. not been praying, and he has not been praying. For Those sure. are two things. He is either mentally ill, or he's possessed. Mm. There's, there's no way that, in your right mind, yeah, yeah that's as dark. a person and yeah. as a priest, that you would call up to adult film stars and fly them over to your parish. Yeah, and grab a video camera. Yeah, I can't and go to the altar it. Yeah. Oh. and do that. Yeah. There's nobody in their right mind. I don't know how that's not demonic. I, I would believe it's demonic. Yeah. I, yeah. Would, demonic. I would think yeah, if yeah. it's not a mental illness, yeah. Well, I don't think be, they would yeah. let him become a priest if he had a mental Maybe he got slipped here. I don't know. Yeah. Our don't psychological know. exams are insane. Like, that was the most psychological stuff I've ever been through, you know, yeah. just to get into seminary, yeah. but... As it should, as it should be, for sure. Yeah, as it should be. Yeah, yeah. The thing is that I've heard though is that these, the exams, they've been a uh, recent development from like the last like. 10, yeah, this is newer. Years. Yeah, yeah. So this guy maybe didn't go through that. So it could be. I don't know. But I think I too. too much. Yeah. No, but I think too is like sexual disorder. And I think this does need to be shared. It's like, sexual disorder is in every facet of the yeah. human experience go to oh, the, your yeah. businesses look at hollywood look at the sports realm i mean you education. can't the medical field education i knew teachers that were doing it with kids when i was in public high school i mean like this is not just a priest thing and i don't think anyone you know is really wants to to admit that we like looking at the church and seeing all these guys that have messed up but in reality it's this is a world problem our sexual dysfunction and I think there's a lot of philosophical underpinnings that 
have, you know, really been a cascading effect of how we've gotten to where we are, really just with a lot of your postmodern, you know, Descartes and Hume and Sartre and all these atheists. It's getting into our bones, man. So kids in college, like, gosh, they're just having, I think, and I think it was UCSD, like every weekend, four girls are raped. Yeah. I remember hearing that in like high school, you know? Yeah. Like there's, yeah, just bad disorder. So this isn't just a priest problem. It's something that married men struggle with, you know? I think fathers of, you know, households, they're super high ranking on the, you know, people who actually, you know, molest children or whatever. So I think the, yeah, I think the call that God is putting on all of us as men and women is like, hey, there, there are, you know, moral absolutes. And when it comes to sexuality, like, this isn't preference. This isn't just how you feel. You know, there is objective truth when it comes to this reality. And I think we can all kind of share, at least coming from experiencing the world and, and what it's like to be, you know, in Christ. Like, I'm a better person when I'm chaste. I, I am. Like, I'm, I'm a better person when I'm practicing chastity, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so real. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the other side of it is, I think, the self-gift aspect of it is really missing in people's minds nowadays. I think you speak a lot to like the philosophy nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, that does throw that has come into like the psychological way of seeing human beings as well. Because there is the other side that says that for sure the only the only way the human mind runs is just on this lustful attraction. That's it. Yeah, it's so evolution. All the other relationships we have will eventually fall into that. But here, the Catholic Church presents like another side of like. No, there's purity, there's chastity, there is a way to love other people um, that goes far beyond that, that transcends that, you know. Um, and I think that's a side that hasn't been uh, preached out enough or hasn't yeah. been catechized enough because I mean, you go out if you had these, these, these walls and conversation changes, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. What would you guys say, either one of you can, or maybe you both can, I've heard this a lot and I remember hearing this on the road a lot, you know, isn't chastity or isn't celibacy just repressing sexual, you know, energy. Like, mm-hmm. aren't you just repressing sexual expression? Like, what would you say to that? I personally, I believe that you are channeling it to something greater. Like we talked about JP too, mm-hmm. his desire and his love for that woman, he experienced so strongly. Mm. And I would say that maybe he was sexually attracted to her. But he was able to take that attraction and not just bottle it up or not just like he didn't explode on it. He prayed about it and he ended up writing Love and Responsibility. Mm. You were talking how as a musician, you're a creator and you have a, a desire to create. And you're able to, you know, our desire to, like, procreate through the sexual act, you kind of reorient that to creating music. Personally, I picked up some activities. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Some of them include bow hunting. Yeah. Surfing. Yeah. And podcasting. Ayo. Yeah. (laughs) And I've noticed in my life, the more you stay busy, with committing yourself, your work ultimately through Mary to Christ, kind of the less and less 
the sexual kind of like is knocking at your door. Philly, Philiberto, uh, Father Philly, he said that the an idle mind is the devil's playground. Hmm. And he would force himself to stay awake the whole day outside of his room. Hmm. In the sense that he would not go in his room until it was time to go to bed. And in That's that good. manner, in that manner, he was able to, he was, he's a super solid like, guy, he, great story. And uh, he was able to not repress or bottle up or um, push down his sexual desire, but he was able to mm. channel it mm-hmm. and all as all of us are called yeah, to something yeah. greater. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the right answer. Right. Yeah. Well, I just think a lot about, I think a lot about the Holy Family. So St. Joseph is one of those guys that I think that doesn't get enough spoken about. Um, you see, uh, <laughs> I think I've had different priests in the past to talk to us about like how there's a lot of art that depicts him as like a really old man that probably had no like attraction. Right, easy right. for him, easy. Um, and I think it, it doesn't get said enough how St. Joseph was not, he was not an old man, you know. He was a younger guy and I'm pretty sure he still had, you know, dealt with that type oh, of, yeah. of attractions. And and he's an example for us. I think he's an example that, that doesn't get said enough. And, and I think through art too, that doesn't get depicted enough as being a young viral guy, you know. Um, that also practiced practiced his own chastity uh, as a father, you know, to Jesus, as a husband to Mary. Um, so I think that's one of the examples I think that should be more out there. Um, and I like what you brought up. You brought up a lot about the different coping mechanisms I think that people have brought. Um, I think my question I think would be to the person asking that is 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 it is it by choice too or is it by or being forced to do this you know um that's one of the first questions they ask you when you walk into here is like are you being forced to do this yeah right willingly doing this you know um i think that has a lot to do with like whether or not you'll be able to live out a celibate life you know um so there's like quick thoughts i have in my mind well i think this is the most difficult time in the history of the universe to ever be chased I mean, the cell phone, we've never been able to look and watch people have sex <laughs> ever in this capacity. I mean, you would never, I mean, maybe in orgies or other things, crazy stuff back in the day where you would go and watch people. But there's never been access to, um, yeah, like viewing the sexual act. Like now, I've, you know, we had, you know, I'm, I got maybe, uh, you know, MySpace in high school. Facebook in college, Snapchat, all that, like, and even, I mean, those things led me to lust on a regular basis. I mean, all, I haven't had social media now for four years, and that's been a huge part of my, um, uh, purity, and, yeah, it's a crazy time to try and be pure. These kids, if you look on Snapchat, dude, it's crazy what they're posting on a regular basis, you know, so there's been a real, I think, attack from... Uh, you know, I think a, a good thing that we could actually use for evangelization, obviously we're doing it right now, you know, it can be, it, there's a real dark side to it, but um, I think that's what's making these questions, I, I, I think that's why I hear that so much, because every day they're watching a movie, yeah, they're watching a TV show, they're watching something on Netflix, I mean, literally everything is sexualized. Stimulation. Stimulating, I mean, same-sex attraction, saying, any, just any expression of your sexual desires is good. I mean, I get why people are so confused on why we're doing this. Um, I do agree with the, um, 
you know, the idle mind and if we don't actually fill ourselves with goodness and truth. And St. Paul, again, is right, you know, talking about, uh, you know, think about whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, whatever is, you know, uh, perfect, whatever, all these things. Think of these things, you know, um, because our thoughts really do matter. Yeah. And if you're looking at a screen that's making you think about sexual acts all the time, I know for me in high school and I was listening to gangster rap, you know, Usher and T-Pain, you know, yeah. going to parties. It was all, all the songs are about hooking up, yeah. everything sexual you can imagine. I mean, it really did influence my day to day. So I think as a, yeah, if anyone's, yeah, so I think if anyone's really struggling with lust or chastity or wherever they're at in their vocation, I, at least speaking to teens, like I've, I've shared these similar stories with like, you know, a lot of people and it's amazing these kids that come up to me that are like so broken sexually hmm. so broken all over the country like coast to coast around the world I've met these kids that are um, just so sexually broken you know and it's like it's one of the main things I think Satan uses to shame us I know for me it has been my sexual sins he constantly uses that for shame and I think it was Father Amorth or some other exorcist said that actually sexual sin is the easiest way for the demonic to get hold of mm. someone's life. So mm. pornography, I mean, it's like, think of how many yeah. men have a, this, you know, demonic stronghold. So yeah. I think one, you know, some maybe ways to, maybe we can just share some ways that, uh, you know, some, some things that we've done that has actually helped our purity. So for me, yeah. um, and you guys can maybe say ones that I don't. For me, it was, yeah, getting getting rid of my media, getting, um, I got Covenant Eyes, which is, uh, you know, tracks everything I do. My buddy gets, I almost wanted a nun to be the, my accountability. <laughs> you know, you don't want a nun, you know, getting a Sister. text message or something. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you know, but I got my buddy, um, you know, did that with me. Um, and then, yeah, dude, like, we haven't hit this yet, but fasting hmm. from, from food, <laughs> not just a general yeah. fasting, you know, like actually fasting from food, I'd say those three things have like had this synergistic effect of purity that I'm just starting to experience like after 10 years of being a Christian, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, getting rid of the media stuff, getting accountability on my software, um, on all my, um, you know, tablets and computers and phones. And then um, fasting has been super clutch. Um, what are what are some other things that have worked for you guys? I think one of the things I think the Holy Spirit's wanting me like to talk about, I think, is like you're not alone. So one of the things I think that I had, or I think that will, I think at times of temptation, I think will hit me is like isolation will be a huge yeah. factor. So thinking that you're alone, that whatever sin you've committed, that it's irreparable or it's going to be a permanent stain or you should be ashamed and you should hide it. You know, um, that's been a huge factor. Um, having, like you said, accountability, having a support group, having people you share with that are going through the struggle with you has been a huge factor. Um, so, and then this, the third one I think would be what you were hitting on earlier was on the aspect of prayer. So I think there's this idea that, if you're struggling with uh, sexual temptation, you're going to be overcome because this is the way you run. And so you're at some point, you're just going to give in, give in or break. Yeah. You know, I, it does. I don't think it gets hit on enough that there is a God. Your prayers work I, I, for myself. Yeah. Praying the rosary, um, holy hour, the different prayers that I do throughout the day. But 
has been had a huge impact. I know that if I stop praying, there's going to be more temptations and there's going to be less of my, there's going to be more of my own will, I think, less of God's grace helping me out with my will because I can't do it alone. I recognize mm. that. So for me, important was really mo- having that prayer and that support on the side. Solid. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cole, what you got? Yeah, definitely location. Oh. Because location? location. Location. What do you mean? I heard the story. This uh, this kid was complaining like how this girl was coming on to him. And he was like, yeah, we were on a date. And, you know, I didn't had I didn't even see this coming, but she kissed me. Hmm. <laughs> and the priest was like, oh, she kissed you. OK, sounds pretty great. Yeah. You, know, you didn't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> she kissed kiss. me. And the priest was like, where were you? We, he was like, we oh, were yeah. on her couch oh. at night in her in, in the her darkness. <laughs> and the priest looked at this guy. He's like. Well, yeah. Uh, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many of us know when we fall. Yeah. yeah. And that involves time of the day. So sometimes it's the noonday devil hmm. and the location. So if you are in the location of falling into sexual sin, remove yourself from that location. Because hmm. I guarantee you it'll be pretty awkward committing that sin in public. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. And I probably would add that little tidbit, alcohol. Alcohol. Alcohol in any of those settings just adds a l- less mm. capacity to say no. I mean, I've, I know this from my own mistakes. Anytime alcohol is involved with a bad location, yeah. it's game over, dude. You're going to fall. You're going to sin. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that just has to, because we don't really talk about that one much. It's yeah. like alcohol is a huge part of so many um yeah like bad decisions (laughs) you know like just i can just speak from my own experience you know like just a lot you know especially in regards to you know to girls women and not upholding their dignity like we're called to you know but um yeah that's good it's funny because that's like the most basic that's a very simple premise but it's like so crucial you know but as a guy i specifically remember wanting to find that location that we could do those sexual things right Mm. like that was the whole goal is like get over to that person's house where no one's home they're babysitting whatever dude you actually work for a location so it's good you bring it up because if you're not aware of that i mean i think guys are you know but if you can actually start to assess that in yourself and be like yeah no that like i'm not even going to go there yeah Cause once you rev those engines, man, it's game over. Yeah, I've I've learned that. Yeah, once you once you get that thing going, that 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 <laughs> desire, you know, <laughs> once you once you okay. once you start revving the engine, dude, it's game over. Yeah, I think uh, Jackie and <laughs> Jackie and Bobby, um, I lived with uh, for a while. They're a Catholic couple, yeah. and um, you know, they talk a lot about you know this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, if you know, if you start making out, you're revving that engine. That train ain't gonna stop. <laughs> You know, and it's like so it's so true. Um, But I think all the things we said, like, dude, that is this, you know, prayer, fasting, you know, location, no alcohol. I mean, it's amazing when you're in your right mind, when you're prayed up. Um, I love the image that Padre Pio gives of uh, a person in a state of grace. And he says that the devil is like a dog on a leash, you know, with with someone who is in a state of grace. He just can't reach you. 
And I always really liked that, you know, image. Um, so that's crucial too. But um, and it's good stuff. Of reconciliation. Yeah. yeah. yeah Boom. Definitely. Always there. Go Fall, as many times as you need to. Get back up again. Fall, you get back up. Yeah. Trying. Yeah. What distinguishes? There's no perfection, man. You just keep trying. Yeah. What distinguishes a saint from a sinner is that both of them fall. Yeah. But the saint gets back up. Yep. And realizes he's able to be forgiven. I think it's in Proverbs: a righteous man falls seven times yeah. and gets back up. Yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. Bible's yeah. dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just the last thing I want to touch on. One of our brothers, he was talking to a priest about chastity. And I just want to be real. The priest was like, yeah, talking about how celibacy is for the kingdom. And, uh, you know, this is so beautiful, all this theology. Like, that'll help you. Mm-hmm. But what do you do when you're horny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. I think I know where that's going. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, this is so, this theology, theological talk is beautiful. Yeah. But... When that engine is revved, you know, the only thing that will stop this, the only thing mm-hmm. is our personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Saying, Jesus, I love you. And you endured your passion. You got whipped. You got beaten. You bled out to death. Mm. And I'm going to do this not because I love you, but because you love me. Mm. That is why I'm not going to sin right now because i love you and you love me yeah yeah that personal commitment is huge and i was also thinking like jesus had attraction dude i was thinking jesus his fame spread throughout all of judea girls are attracted to famous guys j j beebs dude J Beebs. (laughs) (laughs) that guy dude (laughs) crazy yeah and i'm sure woman were attracted to Jesus. He was a carpenter, dude. He was jacked. Manner. Yeah, he was yoked, oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. Enough of this, like, He's freaking Jesus. God. He's probably Korean? a great Have skin complexion. Korean, uh, Jesus? Korean? Oh, in Twitter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, no, 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 no. The, oh. the Korean crucifixion? The crucifixion? The Korean one? No. Have you seen no, it? No. Nah. You haven't seen it? No. Should I pull that up? Should I pull that up? Yeah, pull it up. But, you know, Jesus was... I totally believe that Jesus was a Renaissance man, and he was a stud. When he had sexual desire, he was human. Yeah. You can't take that out of him because then he's not both God and both man, you know? Yeah. That's kind of trippy. I remember like that hit me once. It's like, whoa, Jesus had sexual desire because that's not bad. Yeah. You know, lust is a different story. Yeah. But it's kind of wild that like he had that. Yes, man. I don't know what part of Korea oh, is. Wow. He is jacked. <laughs> the same as Korean. I think that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one can see that, but Jesus like, has a... Like that, right? Jesus was a bodybuilder. <laughs> Let's just say that. Jesus was a bodybuilder. <laughs> that, the priest of that page was probably yoked, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's hilarious. Man, so wait, yeah. the concluding, uh, this priest said, it, it comes down to your personal relationship with Jesus. That's what he said Like when you're when you're having these... Uh, when your engine is revved. When your engine is revved, yeah, that's what he said to remember. Is that what the? Yeah, just in that moment, just like sh- shut everything down, and just have a conversation with your Lord and Savior. Hmm. Just talk to him, because yeah. Jesus. One of my friends says, "Like, yeah, Jesus is not that he is a friend, but he's not that like happy go lucky." No, he died for you. 
Yeah. On the cross, he thought of Alob. I'm doing yeah. this for Alob when he's fought, when he's experiencing temptation. Yeah. He thought of you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, amazing. So, like, just get in that moment and just be like, I know you love me, Jesus. Yeah. And I'm not going to sin because yeah. Yeah. you died for me. Yeah. yeah. And it's all peoples, dude. This is married men, married women. Yeah. Like, chastity yeah. is experienced in every stage of life. So, if you don't, yeah, it's like we're practicing this in a specific way. But so, if you're married, you have to be, you know, I've actually, you know, talked to married men that like really struggle with you know period themselves if they can't have sex with their wife during time i mean it doesn't this doesn't just you know you have sex and all your problems go away i've had to like remind myself that many times you know so many people having so many sexual encounters and it's not ridding them of that ache for intimacy which is only fulfilled in a relationship with jesus the fact they could do the opposite it can make them feel more lonely Mm -hmm. wow that's good yeah Good stuff, guys. All right, guys. On that note. That was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. We went. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Yeah, it was intense. That's good. Right. Let's go ahead and close in a prayer. Yeah. Ayla, can you lead us? Sure. Sweet. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Jesus, we just thank you for this day. Thank you again for this time to have a conversation about our, our human sexuality, how you created us, Lord. I, I just pray for all the people listening that might be struggling with sexual sin, that may have gone through um, abuse or gone through um, serious bouts of shame from things they've done sexually. God, we know that you are a God of new beginnings. You're a God of healing and restoration, of mercy and forgiveness. And so we just ask that you would encourage um, anyone listening, um, all of our uh, Catholics in the world that are pursuing chastity, Lord, we pray that you would just give us the power of your Holy Spirit. Um, Lead us into all truth of who we are and who we're called to be. Help us channel this energy into good, into new creative ways to give life. Lord, help us to redirect our passions and and let them be focused on the other. Help us be a self-gift, Lord, to this world. So we thank you for this time. I thank you for my brothers here. And we just ask Our Lady, we ask St. Joseph, uh, just the Holy Family to accompany us during these times. And to just teach us what it means to be pure, what it means to be chaste. And we ask this through the intercession of Our Lady as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Yeah. That was legit, dude. Boom. That was legit. Boom. Catch you next time, guys. Solid, dude. The one time I did, um, like a chastity. Oh my gosh.